this sort of live recording shit meant. So. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> More Recording in progress. All right. Uh, okay. I don't know why I always get delayed on that, but welcome to the straight red card. And as you can see below us is the one and only the soccer OG, the seventh, the seventh Fox. Soccer Channel. Some of you are too young to remember what there was a channel called Fox Soccer Channel. He is the seventh guy we've had on our show since 2014 from the Fox Soccer Channel. It's Max Bredos, folks. Max, welcome. Oh, yeah. But I was the first at Fox Soccer. I didn't want to announce that because it immediately makes me feel like um, an ancient person and they've dug out of uh, some (laughs) catacomb. But... um, yeah, by the way, if you guys are you making any more of those animations, I'll take one for my channel. That was fantastic. <laughs> and I love the uh, the tribute to Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> we we those get us in trouble or have in the past, but um, you know, uh, but we're gonna keep doing them because you know they're good. You got you gotta have a sense of humor about yeah. all of this. And I don't think there is, I mean, you got that one guy who does the cartoons and it has Polisic in it and all the superstars and that's that's kind of entertaining um but there's not much else so hopefully we can uh add to the flavor here but max what are you up to soccer og what's going on there man let's give it get an update oh yeah well soccer og is a, is a labor of love it's not even a labor it's uh an outlet to uh i i, I a couple years ago i said a friend encouraged me when i when i was pivoting out of la Pivoting to LAFC from ESPN, he goes, just get something that you can put your name on and you can put all your efforts in. And regardless of where it goes, it's something you can call yourself, uh, call your own. And uh, it pivoted more to, sorry if you hear a squeak toy, it's the dog. With the dog, the yeah. You hear that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I have the same so issues. <laughs> I have the same <laughs> issues. She just got a haircut, so she's she's in a rowdy mood. And uh, the YouTube platform is amazing. And I was like, you guys are having all the fun. And, you know, everything has to be short form Twitter or Instagram post. You're like, I want to talk about this. And now you have this 10, 15 minute, 30, an hour to talk about, to me, the most compelling topic anywhere. And I know I'm, I'm wearing red, white and blue glasses when I say that. But <laughs> the, the idea of the U.S. men's national team, because they didn't qualify for the World Cup, because they're hosting a World Cup in 2026, this process of qualifying, it's fascinating. And yeah. anyone who's in any sport, if you explain it to them, would be drawn into it because it's it, there is so much at stake. Uh, and then the emergence of these players. So uh, the soccer OG, check it out. It's under my name, Max Bretos, here on uh, on YouTube. Uh, I I, I kind of do it myself. It really is all in home. And I need to put some bells and whistles on there as I, I progress. But it's been nice, steady growth. And got a, a podcast where I kind of go into my Rolodex, which is a very dated reference. <laughs> I know what it is. Yes. I'm, I'm I'm 50, buddy. I got I know what a roll it is. By the way, I got that birthday coming up very soon, so I'll be uh, I'll be with you. It's a scary so, one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Go so ahead. So Max, Brad, uh, Fred Baker, one of the questions uh, that we're going to ask you is he asked where did you get the soccer OG name from? Fred, it's um I was when I got the LAFC gig and part of the uh, the appeal of bringing me in is someone who's been at it for a long time. And it's, it's been a long time. It's like well over a quarter century covering the sport and 
I could tell you some incredible stories, some horror stories about those years where this sport has grown so quickly. And when I got to LAFC, there somebody said, "Well, God, we got the OG," and that kind of held yeah. on. And I saw it. I go, "Look, that's I'm the the, the moniker OG is a thousand times more cooler than I am." But I said, <laughs> "I said I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch myself to that." Yep. And then I'll throw the word soccer, we make, which unfortunately makes things all a little less cool. We all know that. <laughs> but that's going to change. So I figured I, I'd build it in there, and uh, it was uh, – it's it's kind of stuck. So, uh, you know, I'm married to it. I enjoy it. I'm going to I'm gonna start printing T-shirts. There you go. And take it from there. Awesome. I'm going to catch up with you guys. <laughs> so uh, being that we are also the old guys, although Brett's little – he's – 13 yeah. years younger than me. So what is that? Brett's 36. 38. 38. So I didn't know he was that young. Yeah, get out of here, Brett. What the heck? Der the Derek's hell? been grooming me for a decade. So this is but, really weird, Derek. Stop it. Shut up. But you, as you said, Max, there was a time and place <laughs> many years ago when I felt like I was the only soccer fan on the planet. And when I would talk to people about U.S. soccer, um, they'd be like, well, whatever, what's up? Who cares? And I was one of those guys when I watched the opening day for the Seattle Sanders Sounders, and I am not even a Seattle Sounders fan. And I saw that packed house. I cried. Yeah. I've had those moments. I've been, I've been physically moved or emotionally moved without yeah. question with some of those things. Cause it just seemed so far away from resonating and we loved it we were satisfied with it but then these huge strides come about where uh you get hit by it and you know even even in major league soccer even as as recent as this off season this transfer market we you, these guys coming in top uh, uh top players in their prime top prospect players out of south america that would normally go straight to uh, at worst, a mid-table Premier League La Liga side or Portugal uh, or something Portugal. like that. Yeah. So it's um, it's just happening fast. I know, and I know I say that, but the growth and the 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 overall exposure is has not grown as quickly. But you sense the big steps will be coming here. It really centers around the success of the national team and the oh, success yeah. of these players. Uh, those are two prongs that could make it jump into another stratosphere if the usa makes a quarterfinal then host the world cup and then we have look this past week was insane that's something you never thought you would see brendan aronson playing as well as he did for red bull salzburg oh, and then awesome. a week later that's christian Pulisic awesome. scoring a goal yes for chelsea you're like and unfortunately weston mckinney got injured but the fact that this is all happening oh, is yeah. i mean it's unbelievable Brutal. the gritty dance was bad though I need to work on that. <laughs> in fairness, in fairness, that's an American, American thing. I know, but he didn't go all in. Pulisic, if you're going to do the gritty, after you score a goal for two, you've got to go all in, brother. you got to do the whole thing. And the sad all thing right. is I'm the youngest here, and I'm, that, that whole gritty dance is over my head. I have no idea what the fuck it is. It just <laughs> happened. I just saw it because it's been happening so frequently. But th those are the things we got to gravitate to. If there's like a – um, if there's something that's capturing the imagination of the country or the world, it's a dance or a song or a TikTok thing. You, you've got to plug into that. We're not going to catch it all the time, but if someone in our soccer sphere does, that's a good thing. Yeah, I didn't even know what the hell it was until <laughs> someone told me. That's we a dance do on one. TikTok. We all do one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. No, they, at one of my workplaces, they try to get me on TikTok and do a TikTok campaign, and I just was like, listen, I'm 49. 
That's not happening. All right. So <laughs> the straight red card TikTok channel coming your way. Hey, hey uh, I think uh, I think uh, Jake's on there on FIFA America. Oh, I'm sure Jake is. He's the only. I think he's he's starting out there. So, yeah, being that the upcoming window then is as important to all of us as it is, and probably if we don't get in the World Cup, all of us won't be doing shows anymore because no one's going to watch. <laughs> now, we'll have so much more content if that's the case. Can you imagine Pounder. how much we're going to bitch? Pounder. Oh, my God. The people get lost. We don't care. How nervous are you about this next window, Max? Well, Derek, you just made me a whole lot more nervous. Thanks to Bundle. <laughs> that's my job here. He's, he's, he's the pessimistic uh, one of the groups. It's like, so. If the U.S. don't qualify for the World Cup and we come on with a show, hey, so we're just checking in on the status of Justin <laughs> Shea, who's going to make – get lost. No one cares. Yeah. Trying to watch some NASCAR over here. Winners. I think, uh, it I think could we'll happen. Have, we'll, just have, we'll just have an hour-long live stream looping yeah. uh, 12 going, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't want to hear that again. It's just going to be that I don't want to hear that again. For one but, hour. But honestly, <laughs> how nervous are you? Seriously. I'm a, Well, it, it, there's nerves for sure. I mean, if it's handled the right way and – the U.S. should, at very, very worst, finish fourth so we can at least kick the bucket down a little bit. Right. But they should finish third. And then yeah. the, the Costa Rica revival is the worst part of all this because they look good, and we have to play them at their place, which yep. we have a poor track record. So it's – this Mexico game is going to probably put one team in good position and leave the other one in this – this very perilous ground, or maybe mm -hmm. pushes it down to the next game. I mean, if you can get a, if you can get four points in the first two games, you're in. Yes, uh, but uh, it's that's that three points probably does it, and it yeah. that doesn't seem like a huge target. But you know, things can go belly up really quickly. So yeah, there are nerves. I'm confident in this group. They should be the best team, even with Weston McKinney injured. They're uh, they've developed a level of depth and. Um, uh, chemistry that should see them through here. I have faith in them. And yep. they're not the same kids as they were uh, early on in this process when Gio Reyna was freaking out because the firework. They've grown a lot together. They've gone through. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. oh, that. <laughs> like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous now. And it's September of 2020, 2021. Yeah. Uh, so it was earlier than that. But uh, some nerves, I'd say like 25% just because the suddenness of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we could we could sit here and then at the by April first, it's all over. So yeah, it's just that how how quickly it's approaching. We should we should be in better position. We should be in better position. We should be where Canada is. We're not. So I wish that was the case. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Brett. Sorry, I was gonna say I don't have the question up pulled up right now. We're gonna address this one later on the live stream, but. Uh, somebody did ask if since we really only need three points to really qualify, should we park the bucks? Park the bus all three games and just play for the draws. No, 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 no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't want to play like that anyways. But yeah, it's not, it's not our thing. But yeah, it, exactly. It, it's I, maybe in a, it may be in a unique moment in there where perhaps you're you're playing Mexico and uh, you have a goal lead and you just instead of park the bus, you just use a. You, a little more caution when you go into some attacks and so forth. Maybe you pull off, you kick it from fifth gear to say third, but uh, anything beyond that, no. Just I mean, throw, it's almost just throw more. And plus, like at the halfway line, just start booming balls and let them run onto it. It's almost more <laughs> likely that Mexico would say, you know what? 
we've been losing to these guys. So why don't we try the whole park the bus thing and counter on the U.S.? I mean, that Great would point. be our, it. Seems to be our kryptonite. Great point. And it's, listen, uh, we have seen this. Uh, we have enough of a sample size to know that we are a bad matchup for Mexico. Now, beating Mexico yep. four times is, you know, science fiction. Well, or maybe <laughs> not. But getting in there when Panama and Costa Rica were effective, you know, Panama narrowly missing out, that there's no reason to think the U.S. are, are, are going to be really stretched. So a mistake is probably uh, – they're not going to be outplayed, I don't think, uh, based on how Mexico's looked and how the U.S. Right. has performed against Mexico. It's such a bizarre circumstance because – you should you should be confident of going in there and doing what Costa Rica did and got a point. Uh, you just don't want to. Yep. But their road record's not great, so uh, we got it's some people got to put their hand up. So, but okay, so if we go into Mexico though, when we do lose, then you're going to really be nervous. So I'm just the reason I don't want to be Mister Pessimist, but that's a chance that there, that could happen. So then we got to get that game at Panama. It's an absolute must win. And I think that's the game we can win. And then it'll be over. Hopefully, I'll simply say that the Panama game should be a must win regardless of how we do in Mexico, because well, we're playing at home. That should be, a, that should be a win for us. Yes. And every data point says that it will be a win. And it'll be probably a multi-goal win. When you look at, I think they played Panama at this stage. In 2017, they <laughs> exactly, blew the doors exactly. off it. And yep. it was in Orlando. I was there, I remember. And it was – so <laughs> Panama ended up finishing ahead. And this is a better team than it was uh, for both. I think it's a better Panamanian team, which is uh, – even though Panama qualified the World Cup, I like this team better. But it's definitely a better USA team. Doesn't mean it all goes that way. But sometimes, not most of the time, this CONCACAF, the tendencies are there for a reason. And they keep coming on and they become, you know – factual on a regular basis so we should be nervous but we you know 80 percentile 90 percentile should get a victory over panama in that second game the other two the data says things are a little different those are two places we don't we're not very successful at but in 2022 and the way mexico's playing mm -hmm. uh very capable for getting something you're starting well, to sound like an expected goals guy Max. No, I don't. I don't touch expected All these stats and the data says. I mean, I hope you're right. Listen, I mean, but, but it does ring true a lot. But again, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to tell myself, <laughs> <coke> myself <laughs> right. into this, but I just don't know. And the, think the, happy the, thoughts. The happy yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Performance-wise, they win their games. They drop points against Canada, but they win their games. And this, and a team like the U.S. should be best equipped even though they have two significant injuries. We don't know about Gio Reyna. My, I, my gut says he's not going to be there, yeah, or at least he's not going to start. Too. Yep. And uh, even with those two guys missing, that the U.S. strength was depth and talent and speed. They have that in bushels over everyone else. So they're in a position they want to be. Final three games with everything to play for. You know, they should be getting more than four mm. points in this window. Right. Like I like I said earlier this week, this just means that we're going to be guaranteed to see Luca de, Luca de la Torre back. No, are we? Are we guaranteed? We will. We will. Yes. Max, are we guaranteed well, to see Luca take McKenny's spot? He will make it. He's going to make the squad. And I think when you look, I know. I don't think. I always say I think. It's a bad habit. I know <laughs> that when Greg Berhalter brings these guys in and he kind of vets them and he brings them in, there's a process. You get a call up. 
it's like everywhere else in the world. You get a call, then you get some minutes, and then you get a start. And we saw that with Chris Richards. We saw that with mm-hmm. Gianluca Busio. And we saw that here with Luca Della Torre. So he is definitely going to be in, unless something form-wise, the bottom falls out. And it, and we could be critical of Greg Berhalter. It works up with that term, form. <laughs> he, he got Luca Della Torre almost like he knew the situation we were going to get in. He's going to start this Honduras game. And now you have this guy with a very important game under his belt ready for this next three games. I don't think he'll start Azteca. I think that's still Acosta, although mm, Tyler Adams has become another mini concern. Yes. Because he's not he's, he's not outside. playing. I, I guess yep. the question is Acosta where? As a six or an eight? I I'd like him better at an eight, but even <laughs> I just I disagree. Well, I think he can play the six. I think I think he can get away with it in there. And uh, he showed his importance as a set piece taker. And he hits a long ball. Oh, great. And the ball travels yes. at the Azteca. He's a guy that's built for games at the Azteca. Yeah. When you look at this U.S. team, he is he he should succeed. He just hits it well with both feet. I'd be fine with him starting at the six, then starting say Musa or Luca De La Torre in front of him. I think it's tough to put Luca in that spot. Not that he won't. But, you know, it's a safer situation, Honduras, than this one, although it's an option. It's an option, and it's he's also a good fit in this case, although he does a lot of the McKinney stuff moving forward well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you do want some ball-winning support-type guy, which Acosta is a little better at in that position. And, and, but, good look, we, we talk about who replaces McKinney, but I think the Adams situation is worth keeping tabs on over these so- next few weeks. I mean, are you speaking of the fact that Adams only played three minutes today and earlier he played like the last 15 or 13 minutes of the game? He's not playing right. as much at Leipzig? Is that right. He, played, he started okay. one game and it was at, it was like at a back three and he was like the central defender. I didn't yeah, watch that. Was, that was weird. It was weird. Like and that. then everything else, and it's coupled with not playing a lot. And while he's not playing mm. a lot, Leipzig are lights out. Yeah. And they're – they are on their way in the Europa League. They're moving up in the Bundesliga. I hate to admit it. It's all happened when Jesse Marsh yeah, uh, was like going. Look, it's this should have been an American success story, and it's kind of becoming a bit of an American nightmare. But that's it. We have success stories elsewhere. Right. But, I mean, I think Tyler Adams will be there. I just don't like the fact that he's a bit player there. Uh, that's important to me. I just want to see these games. That makes puts me at ease when I know guys are playing regularly and their confidence mm-hmm. more so is higher. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be something that's going to necessarily face him, though. Adam yeah. seems like a really tough-nutted dude. Like, he's not bothered, you know, by that kind of thing. Yeah. Did, did you just throw a cat across the room? No, I'm just <laughs> I almost wish I did. It was actually my wife is leaving. I'm passing her purse over. So I oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't like want to a bring good. a purse on there because then who knows where you guys are. <laughs> yeah. Screen cap. There's our thumbnail. It, We're it good. Like had a cat Man, in your hands. I have a lot of things. It looks around. like there's that, look- there's that whole meme of the Italian national team all holding purses while they're in the wall, like Ugh. back in the day. This is old school. <laughs> Those yeah. are nice, but I, I can't pull it off. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't think it's going to be Adams starting at the six and the two eights are going to be LDT and uh, Musa? I would say it would be Adams, Musa, Acosta. What do you think? Hmm. No, I love his set pieces, and you're so right about that. And it's mm-hmm. an amazing that he is the best set piece taker we have 
And that's going to be very valuable. And I was telling Brett the other day, I wish this was high school soccer. <laughs> you could just like tag people sub in. Them in. Sub them in. Who got a free kick? S- sub them in to Get take the set out. piece. And now you're out. But um, I don't know. You, you could be right. I mean, that's a. What would I, your preference? What would your preference be? After what I watch, and I know it's just a really bad Honduras team, but what I, how I, I've been watching uh, LDT play um, for his club team as well as country. He's just so good at taking a ball and breaking lines and getting and up that. the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's so and good at that. As, as he, can't do it. Musa, yes, yeah. but the yeah. other two, and you want that. And I wonder if it's it's better equipped. I just also say that because. That Aztec, I, I just, I, I kind of foresee, but he's more in the sixth position. If Acosta kind of hitting these balls sideline to sideline to get the wide players, which we need to, which we're, we're supposed to be really good at, whether right. it's the fullbacks, whether it might be Wea Aronson or possibly Pulisic uh, getting up there. So this is, it's crazy because we're talking about this. And this is not even the biggest issue on the US 11, but it's become <laughs> much bigger because of Weston McKinney. I'm just happy that Delatore got that 90 minutes. So if yep. he is called into that, that um, he he has that he he has that confidence and he responded beautifully. I know Greg Berhalter called him the man of the match. That carries weight. So I'm just those are two good options at least, as opposed Ooh. to looking at your midfield and going, who do we yep. play? What do we do? Do we bring back Brendan Aronson? Do we bring back someone else, which is also an option. He definitely he definitely had a good game. Hold on. Yes. Get back um, into focus. But I mean, uh, I mean, it's hard to say that the man of the match that match couldn't have been a shouldn't have been Acosta, given the fact that he had like what three of the four assists. I think should have had more. Do you have all the assists? No, it's all three. He was involved. I don't think they were straight at this, but they all came off his free kicks. Yeah. So I mean, it's tough. It's tough not to not to give it to him for that reason alone. Plus, he had a very solid game at the six as far as defensive responsibilities are concerned. So there's a lot of. Sorry, go ahead, Brett. I was just gonna say my, my take would be to say throw Acosta because Acosta Acosta's had great games against Mexico in the past. We've seen it at Gold Cup, we saw it in Nations League. It's in um did he play in the uh the home match? I can't even remember at this point, but I know Nations League and Gold Cup were good. Start, but but I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh against throwing him at the six, benching Adams, and then yeah. playing Musa uh De La Torre, uh in front. This is we can't determine. I, I, we have to see how Adams goes from here. Uh, he might get back in there. I'm just what worries me is Leipzig. I don't think it's a form thing, but Leipzig are so good with the team that they're trotting out there. They're not going to really adjust. He might get some. I think he's going to be scrapping for minutes here, uh, by and large. But yeah. that's I, that's why it cost is also valuable because he can go in a different directions. But that's going to be determined um, probably. <laughs> March 15th, 16th. <laughs> yeah. You know, the odd thing about all this is, you know, I'm glad that Luca De, De La Torre will be definitely on the next roster, but he's got to be careful about his mouthiness because I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure that's really embraced by it, the content providers. We all love it. No, we love still. it. We love it. But I like the fact that he said in his interview, yeah, I should have been there a long time ago. I've been playing Eric Lee's entire season. How did that register with you, Max? <laughs> I mean, listen, because we got Hoppy liking, you know, tweets that Berhalter out hashtag. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> by the way, just uh, Acosta did not start. It was Musa. Adams McKenney in that Mexico game. He came in in the 82nd minute. So he played eight minutes, but did not start the game in Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. Matthew Hoppy, I'm sure he, he has every reason to be unhappy. Yes. But you can't bring him in. I mean, based on where he's at 
right now. I mean, he's just he's at he's the wrong un- club. Yeah, he's, he's unhappy in Mallorca. <laughs> he went to the wrong club. That's yep. all it is. You're not going to get on the national team, even though there's a need at striker, unless you're you got something to show the manager. And there's nothing. I mean, right. it's I mean, he's played. It's like five, six months, maybe. He had that one start and then a couple of sub appearances, I believe. And it's not going to cut it. And don't don't get me wrong; those sub appearances in the start were great. It's just we don't have a a, wide, right. uh, a list of uh, games to go off of. So. I thought the start was good, and he pulled out. I go, he's why give why? him a little more yeah. time? But that was <laughs> so long ago. I know, I know. And you were mentioning something earlier. You were talking about. You know, we're supposed to be good out wide. And maybe one of the reasons we're not out good wide as consistently as we should be is that we're too predictable. Um, I think sure. everybody knows that's what we're going to do. So do you are, do you have any frustrations with the way, and I know you do, with the way Greg sometimes has set up and run things? And do you see any evolution going forward? Or is this just how it's going to be? Well, he gives a lot of responsibility to the fullbacks. And that's... That's fine in uh, in theory. And when you're looking at these guys, they are effective at getting upfield. They're good dribblers. Sergio Dest, who's in great form. And I, I'm really excited. I hope this continues on the way to these March games. Uh, it's do you have the right people in place? And I know everyone's had this conversation. Okay, who's going to get out wide and make the impact? Is it going to be the fullbacks, which generally it is? Or is it going to be these wingers kind of, rotating out, flaring out so that they can provide from these wide areas. Uh, the fullbacks haven't been, haven't had that final play in, uh, in months, or I really throughout this process, there's the crossing of the ball. And I, I guess that's part of the reason we've really dried up with center forward goals. Uh, crosses don't get in and yeah, they, they don't get garbage. in dangerous positions. So you need someone to get in there because it's built for a team to cross it in and, or, or, or break through the opposing team's fullbacks, and that hasn't quite happened. I don't know if you can switch it right now and have this change of plan where let's attack more centrally. Christian Pulisic's a guy who could do it, but he generally plays wide. So it would be a pretty seismic shift to say, hey, let's see if you can find some space in the middle of the park and see if that works here in the final three games. So, so there's not going to be change, but you've got, I think there's personnel there to, to be effective in the wide areas. It just hasn't clicked. Well, it's in, it's interesting to consider how the, our wingbacks play in comparison to each other. So, so Dest doesn't necessarily want to do the overlapping round uh, Wea and look for that cross across. He'd prefer to play one twos with Wea or Wea cut into the middle. Whereas Robinson appears more than content with running down that sideline. Problem is, is that he's partnered with Pulisic who, ideally would work best on that sideline as well as a winger. And they seem to counter, and then Pulisic has to check back because he's not getting the ball enough. And it's just it, – it opens it up. And then the uh, midfield has so – We're always more we're always more successful on our right than we are on our left. Well, and, the, and then the midfielders, when the backs get too high, the midfielders end up having to pull back and cover behind them. And it just – it seems like it stalls out. Now, on the last game where we won – we saw a little, a few changes. I thought we saw we take it up the wing, but then there'd be a guy on the top of the box near the wing who we could pass it to. So I thought that was an evolution for Greg. Yeah, but I'd I, like to see more. Yeah, we all we have to take it with a grain of salt because it's Honduras who are having just a, a horror show of a qualification process, mm-hmm. and they were clearly taken by the cold. Although, I mean, <laughs> we were all wrong. I'm watching Comunicaciones of Guatemala. Yeah. In even colder temperatures, 
win the rapids down yep. a man penalties so that's that threw everything out of whack you know you could blame that on the usual mls guys aren't up to snuff but the other mls teams in and i don't want to get too off subject here in the the champions league all won. um we had new york uh, city fc crush santos for nothing santos laguna or no santos from laguna you're right is it santos yeah. laguna okay and then montreal no it was montreal that crushed oh, sorry, santos yeah. laguna Right. And then it was uh, New York City defeats Santos from Costa Rica. So oh, very confusing. The Seattle region. plays tonight. They should get through, but we shouldn't assume anything. Yeah. And then uh, New England got a bye. So there's going to be four MLS teams in the should be four MLS teams Could, should have been five. Yeah. How embarrassing is that loss, though, to you? I mean, it always hits me when we're in these preliminary rounds and one of our teams just goes out to like. Yeah you know, like a Honduran team or whatever. It's just, yeah. like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> hey, I don't dwell on that too much. And honestly, it would have been miserable if Montreal <laughs> didn't do what they did. But that was just, I mean, breathtaking. They won that game clean. And yeah. they were the better team all night. And be- two beautiful goals by Mihalovic, who's probably in the mix here as yes. another option. I, I doubt it. Uh, he's on the outside looking in, but... Certainly has a he has a sniff here, and he's a guy that we don't have a lot of players like. He kind of feels like the Luca Della Torre as well, in in some ways, of a guy who could break some lines, but also with the goal scoring prowess. Uh, but the, what Montreal did just supersedes and kind of lets you accentuate the positive and focus on what they did instead of dwelling on the Rapids. You knew there's going to be some casualties along the way. It wasn't bad in the sense that. Uh, quarterfinals Colorado was probably going to lose to New York City FC which has the best chance of making a final of the MLS teams because they're on the right side of the bracket which I believe does not have the Mexican clubs that's right so, uh that's uh things are still in place I, I I I'm confident an MLS team wins it this year it's just there it feels like it's more than ever that it's time wouldn't that just be a relief though god I mean how long have we waited for this yeah it'd be um, great for the league and it just be it, kind would. Of, it would be a big shift it's one of those things that I the league, you know, Major League Soccer, I'm an employee of LAFC. I've worked for MLS for a long time. It gets a, a bad perception, which it doesn't really deserve. It does sometimes, but it creates that perception when they don't get results here. They need to win this and show the region that, you know, they are the top dog and they're getting closer and closer, but they got to get over that final hurdle. I think this is it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think you just answered uh, question two on this. Question on two, this. yeah. Uh, but number one, what are uh, your expectations for LAFC this year? A non-Bob Bradley LAFC. Yes, under the, the watch of Steve Trundolo. And they're built to be very successful. I, you know what? It's interesting because I was talking about it with what they did in the offseason. They signed eight new players, all with good to excellent MLS experience. Mm. Uh, it Topped by Kellen Acosta, topped by Maxime Crepeau, Um Ilya Sanchez, really good number six. Franco Escobar. Uh, yeah. Ryan Hollingshead, just good campaigners for MLS, which LAFC didn't have. When I look at the team as it's equipped now, they are perfect for a CONCACAF Champions League run. Unfortunately, they're not in there because they have depth. And they have options, and they're too deep here and there, which should serve them well in MLS. I think they'll take a, it could take them a little bit to get going. There's too many new pieces. and um, Is Vela back and healthy completely? Are we, are he's, we healthy. Sure? he's healthy. Okay. His contract runs out at the summer so Ooh. they're gonna have to de- sign him on at least for another six months or to finish this season 
but you would imagine if they sign him, it would be longer. I don't, I'm not privy to any of that information. It sounds like he wants to stay, but I just don't know. There's some reports out there, but uh, he has a pretty good situation, but you know, he was, uh, he would certainly, uh, it's going to be interesting few weeks and I'm sure we'll, we'll know as we get closer, but they, he's pivotal to their success with uh, Brian Rodriguez and Chicho Arango. They're good. They're, they, they should be, have a really good season. If they don't, then it's, it's going to be hard to explain yes. why it went wrong. Right. So um, did you read the Williamson, um, Eric Williamson quote about Greg and the complaint? Can we put that up, Brett? So yeah, yeah, I, 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 I glanced through it. I know I, I got the gist of it. And yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, he's basically saying, I mean, we can read some of it, but, you know, it's there's a lot of cues going on in Greg's system. And he said he had a terrible experiencing experience trying to learn it i didn't do the best job he said because it's difficult there's so many different cues that you have to know timing is everything in the system and it's just getting reps and getting used to how greg wants to play it's very tough now keep in mind this is a long time ago because eric williamson has been injured for a long time and i do suspect that greg has had to make some compromises i it doesn't look like it sometimes on the field that like we're unconstipating guys and letting them be more creative but i mean what do you think about that Max? it just it was weird to read it and air it out and the intentions were good obviously and uh i, I think he was trying to explain go, look it's just something that i really got to put a little extra effort in we all do because it's a little more intricate than i'm accustomed to playing uh, maybe where I'm at club or playing where I played before it's there's intricate situations at every national team. Uh, I I'm not, I don't know how, how challenging that is to keep up with, but when I read it, it was like, yeah, you got, I don't know what to tell you. You got to learn it. This is the gig. But and then there's I'm, that question about club versus country. You get a lot more time with a club team, but if you're mm -hmm. trying to get something that's really complex right into a yeah, country, that's a little difficult because you just don't have as much time. Of course. And th that's kind of when you look at the process and we wonder who's going to get called in. It's it's guys that he's had time with. And mm -hmm. I think he takes that. And he, he there is a feeling that he brings it more like a club feel, which is just untenable because right. you don't have the players as much as you would like. Um, if I was a national team, I would probably make it as user friendly as possible. Uh, I, I love the fact that they are committed to a style and they want to play a certain way and um this is what this is how it looks and you know many years from now if it's if it's successful you look at it the same way how the italians or the germans or the brazilians approach their game and it's 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 in a system now it could be changed by the next person in charge which makes it moot but mm -hmm. I, I i would tend to make it a little more agreeable at times uh for some of these players but yeah it's not when you read it, it's nothing you were did you really wanted to to take in you're like oh boy well, and and it's so old it's hard to know yeah. if we've if that actually counts now uh maybe greg has evolved in fact i think he told lawless in an interview a while back i know they're going to be some compromises i'm yeah. going to have to make it, I, this is kind of a new experience where we hear from the players you mentioned matthew hoppy and the tweeting but this is something that by and large happens all over the world mm -hmm. where players are pretty uh, open and explicit about the managers and talk about uh what they are some more than others about what they do on a regular basis on their, with their national teams. Yeah. Well, he, he did, he did tack in at the very end that he goes, I think that's what the complexity is why it's been so successful recently. So, I mean, it's not like he, I don't, I don't necessarily think he was bashing uh, Berhalter. Uh, I mean, stupid to bash Berhalter 
<laughs> system. Well, especially if when you, you're trying to vie for a spot eventually, but maybe not necessarily. If you lop off that last sentence, but... if you lop off yeah. that, that last sentence, that's a horrible quote for Burhalter. But mm -hmm. then he adds at the end, you know, but it's why we're winning. So there you yeah. go. And look, maybe there's a better approach at CONCACAF because everyone that you're playing for the most part is going to play a certain way, which is going to try and spoil the the methods that you want to play in this high press moving forward get into the high areas out wide that you may not need for CONCACAF, but it could be something that gives you an edge when you're playing in a world cup and you gotta you you gotta build up towards that i would imagine the way the u.s play even though they haven't been successful against european teams or south american teams that once they get to the world cup maybe we see something that looks a lot more dynamic you think so? Well, here's the question, though. So let's say we get thrown in a group with, let's say, France. All right. We're not going to play a low block against France? We're going to just continue to do what we're doing? I think so. I mean, I mean you're I, probably right, because I, I don't mean, think <laughs> I don't think Greg has an off button. No, I, I mean, it's like, but the, the U.S. were never kind of like low block types, you know, in, in some cases, certainly, but it, this is... Medium-ish, yeah. Medium, you know, it's not really their identity, it, but this is obviously an, an advancement from the from what uh, what Greg is presenting. And yeah, but I, I don't think he'll change it if he yeah. faces France or Brazil, maybe a... a, a Do you a think he might branch back to the 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2 yeah, like or some the, variation of that such? Yeah, and the 3-4-3 three, three is always interesting because it would... I think it would put Serginho Dest in a better position to be an effective player and it clogs that midfield. Mm -hmm. So that could, that's possible. The big question there, who's that middle of the three in the back? Um, it could be yes. several guys. It could be a midfielder, you know, kind of goes back there and plays Adams. out of like a Tyler Adams. So yeah. uh, it's, it's or to a lesser extent, seen enough of it to put you at ease that that would be something they would do. What was that, Brett? I was going to say, to a lesser extent, it could be somebody like Sands yeah. who played that position in the Gold Cup. Mine well, Sands needs to play for Zimmerman. Rangers first, so let's chill on that one. Isn't yeah. he already playing for Rangers? Yeah, not, not much. Recently, not the last few games. Yeah. And not they were much. they had a they had a well a fantastic afternoon today or evening in Ibrox. Yes, they got by Dortmund, which was a crazy game. Crazy, yes, it was. <laughs> well, and quite quite frankly, I I wouldn't have Sands in my. No. Top seven or eight center back options at this point. Well, maybe course. seven or eight. So <laughs> Michael Parkhurst, he's perfect for that. <laughs> I loved Michael Parkhurst. Me too. I he loved him. Dude, he, was, he would take that role with a smile, a grin from ear to ear and go, I got it. I mean, yeah. And, and Atlanta, when they got him, I'm like, man, they just scored. They scored on that signing. Oh, what's this? This is the quote from uh, Greg Berhalter. From Joe Scally. About, okay, so Scally got asked this question about not getting any communications from Greg. And he says, yeah, not much um, since November. What do you, what, so we, he, had, we had a debate about this already, to be fair, Max. But, you know, should... There, there be more communication than this. I mean, should we real, real go ahead? Go ahead. Go ahead the, the actual quote says, "Prior to the November camp, he was constantly in communications with Berhalter and, and Co. But after the November camp, he hasn't really talked to them since." So mm. again, it's that question to Derek's point: Should there be some more communication with somebody who was regularly up until recently starting for a Bundesliga team? Now, mind you, a, a low mid-table Bundesliga team at this point, but still. Especially when our left back is a question, you know? Yeah, I, I think like everyone, they want to kind of focus on the core group, and I, I get it. Uh, I would love to think that you always have time to call somebody, but these are conversations that are counterproductive. Go, hey, uh, keep doing what you're doing. We're, we'll keep tabs you. He's never He was never one for 2022. 20, it was great that he got that call up, and 
you know, really since he's fallen out of favor with the U.S., he's fallen out of favor with Munchen Gladbach as well. So um, it's I would always I've always wanted to see Scally get a, a go and and be able to play a game to see what he's got. And I feel like there was an opportunity and maybe it was missed. But I would love to think that they could talk to all these players to an extended maybe 40 guys that are close to the, the pool or in the pool. But I could forgive a coach if they're not keeping up appearances with everyone. It's just too big. You've got I, to I, I guess, the meat potatoes. I guess, do you think it was uh, – the big question would be whether or not calling in somebody like Brooks Lennon over, say, Skelly in this last window. Do you think that was a viable option? I mean, you could – Again, up until just recently, when uh, when their uh, when Gladbach's uh, wingback started getting healthy again, he's been he was starting every game leading up to that point. And then he got like the Rona, and then yeah. he had Road Pine, and then the other guy came back from injuries. There were two guys that came back from injury. So, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, we'll just have to tuck Brooks, in. And Brooks Lennon may have been just the beneficiary of a situation that he was an MLS player. He was in that camp. To mm-hmm. our point, our discussion about Greg Baralter, he wants time with these players. He got time with Brooks Lennon. So does he say, all right, I'm going to go uh, against the grain and bring in a guy who I haven't had the time with, or Brooks Lennon has done what I've asked, and he's not going to play, but I'll get him into this camp, and he will benefit, and then maybe I could build off of that. Yeah. It's just like a, it was, like, it was, it was like a shot across the bow if you wanted to bring in Scally. It's just... It wasn't smooth and easy. Smooth and easy is sometimes the path of least well, resistance, you know? Well, one, one could say that Butterhalter probably should have integrated him earlier, even as early as the October window. At that point, he's already had two, three months of straight uh, straight games. Yeah, I was so, wondering about that know. window. I mean, the, the next window, it, it, he had to be in there, and he was. And, but he just was at more an observer or anything. But the timing-wise, it, it, it could have happened in that window. It would have been a stretch, but... He was certainly, he was on the radar. There's no doubt about it. All right. Well, we got like four minutes left. So I'm going to, I'm going to like massively jump to another topic for the last one, which if is. If we go a little over, it's fine. Okay. Okay. I'm having a good time with you two. You, uh, you figured out we're not idiots. So <laughs> no, I, mean, I think you guys are drunk by now. You're still sober as judges. <laughs> we drink a lot. What can we say? Yeah. But I do want to get to this thing because it's something we've talked about with Jimmy Conrad and, you know, we watched Filippo talk about it um recently with Herc and it's like Grant Wall came out with this quote saying there's really not an access issue when it comes to U.S. soccer and I don't want to put you in any binds or anything but having covered big four soccer for years as a writer before uh enduring big soccer I know there is one I mean there access is an access to for young players nope access as in watch what you say oh. watch what you say um, and in that's the media, in the media sphere. Yes, in the media sphere. So I'm sorry if I'm not being clear. With regards to maybe U.S. soccer, with regards to other people in the media. Well, people oh. are always criticizing the journalists at the Berhalter interviews. Oh, because they're not. Maybe they're not challenging him enough. And I tell them, you can't criticize them. They yeah. they can't. They can only take this so far. Otherwise, they're going to lose their access. There there are people we know who are in all of those um, those those interviews with Greg. They never get called on. I don't. It may be because they're not prominent enough. Right. I think Meg Swanick would be an example, or uh, our our buddy Jake at FIFA America. Uh, but you know, Brian Stratter always he's a good friend of ours. He always gets called up, um, and I think it's just who they're comfortable with. But people have to understand, you got to watch what you say. You you can't. There's there's a line. Would you yeah. agree? There's a line you can't cross. Well, it's just do you want it? You're going to be the one that uh, suffers. To your point, they're not going to call upon you. Look, this happens in every federation to other degrees, and I've dealt with them 
where guys will not get called in or they won't get access or a federation won't bring out players to field questions. I will say U.S. soccer, these last two windows, they obviously Greg addresses the media two or three times and then they brought out Weston. They brought out Christian Pulisic. They brought in the heavy hitters. Other federations don't always do that. So it's um, these guys have to ask a certain question because you want to get a good answer. If you ask a, a question that's a bit controversial, they'll either U.S. soccer or the player or the coach will coil up a bit. You won't get the answer. And then what do you have? You're like, so you got to It's a bit of a game. Um, I, in a perfect world, I wish we could have a better discourse. But, I do too. But it's not just U.S. soccer; it's everything. If you if you came in like a cobra um, to talk to the NBA or or uh, Roger Goodell, eventually they'll tell you to f off. You know, that's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, I, I'm glad we're talking about it, and I hope to think that uh, U.S. soccer and others are thinking about it. I know they are, and they want. They want to be a, give a little more access, but they're always going to be guarded. So, I mean, I'm not going to pick that fight because I'll, I'll lose. Um, yes. And we need a lot of uh, fixing up in this in our sport. And there's a lot of things that are from an old era that we got to update. But, uh, you know, that's with access. I'm a, I get what I needed. And we can ask tougher questions, but you're not going to get the answers. No, you're not. And I think the other thing is that um... – we get a lot of people saying there's a lot of toxicity in the U S fans, but you know, I'm, I'm half German and I lived in Germany for a fair amount of my, my life. And I know that the German press is brutal and even worse than, and I'm not saying we need to bring that brutality into our culture and our media. I mean, some of that's garbage, especially in England where it's not only, you know, John Terry is a, a bad you know, played really badly this game, but yeah. he's also, you know, he screwed so-and-so's wife. Yes. You know, that gets really dirty. That's like page six or seven. He wears stuff. women's underwear away in his spare right. time, uh, whatever, which is not true. I'm just throwing it out as an example. Right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't think we're that toxic. I mean, really for the show. No, we're not. John Terry I, I, wears I, women's it, underwear. This, this is like in its infancy, you know, this is kind of, yes. it, it's, it's, it's a healthy development to know that we're, we're getting towards that. I remember I, I, I followed the U S team 2002. They played Italy and we went, I got to follow the team. We were in Sicily and Giovanni Trapattoni was the manager. He sits down to address the media and this guy gets up and forgive me. I, I'm like, I, I know a little of time, but the guy goes like, and then Trapattoni goes, it's like a shouting match. And I'm laughing hysterically. Go, This is amazing. But I was like, what was said? It was just, they were saying, I hope you're having a nice day. Yeah, you, I'm having a great day. On? Thank you for asking. Why did you play that? Why did you play Thoughty in this deep position? It's like, I played him. And I was like, it was just this beautiful shouting match and argument. I'd love to see more of that in our I, Yeah. But uh, it's it's good that we're talking about it. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and, you know, this next generation of, of fans, and they're coming in hot, and I love it, but you got to be smart about it. But you could maybe help change the the tenor there moving forward yeah i think you know i mean listen all of us in indie guys and we weren't indie guys before we were big soccer guys i mean that's what we were we we you know that's who we wrote for that's who we did our vidcast for back in the old days and you know there were things we couldn't say i mean there were limitations to what we could say we're you know kind of we're excited when we saw some of the new independent shows come out and we're like well 
shit, why don't we just get back together and start doing this again and say whatever the hell we want? This is awesome. And so we have. And here we are. <laughs> yes. And I think that's a, a fresh and a good thing. I'm not going to, I mean, we have, we have very close friends and partnerships with, you know, with Pete, obviously, and Filippo at Tactical Manager and Sam, I think is a wonderful guy. And I know you've, I think you had him on your show. Yeah. And I was on his, I had a great conversation and he's mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, and I like his very level-headed, but he'll, he, he'll be a firecracker from time to time. All these guys have their strengths. It's a, yeah, they're you. You don't want to. They're they're younger. They may not have the the volume of work I've done, but I wouldn't want to get in a in, in a shouting match or discussion with them because they're going to be right on a lot of stuff. They've they've thought this stuff out. They haven't yeah. gone into the space. You haven't gone to this space um, because look, we're having a pretty sophisticated conversation. Yeah, if you're not up, you will be exposed very quickly. <laughs> I get nervous because I'm I go, man, did, did I do all my homework? I better be ready for this because we're not done. We're not. We're not launching softballs. There's no softballs here. That's right. There's no softballs at the straight red card, <laughs> <laughs> and no crying. No crying. No crying. There'll yeah. be an occasional softball on the soccer OG. I can't help myself. <laughs> it's just to fatten out the stat line. So to get you out, because you've been very nice and and we've gone over our time, but. Just from the old Fox Soccer Channel family, and you know we've had a, we had a Nick Gieber, Keith Costigan, Bobby McMahon, Mark Rogadino, Brian Dun- Dunseth, Jamie Trecker, and now you. So we got the whole lineup at this point. I'm, I don't know who we're who we're missing. Um, who are we missing? Anybody? Warren Barton. Warren Barton was there a bit. If you could go for Rob Stone, you never know. I mean, he came in. <laughs> I kind of came to ESPN, and he came to Fox at the same time. Remember, Alexi said he goes, "Was that was that a trade?" I go, <laughs> "He's doing better than I am, man. He's going to the World Cup, and I'm doing ESPN News at two in the morning." So I think uh, they uh, they did pretty good. But um, do you still talk to those guys? And yeah. um, okay, yeah, I think you said you were doing. I mean, you were doing something with Nick. Nick yeah, because we did like something in the gaming verse, and he talked up Nick Nick Geaver and Nick Webster, who were uh, who was also involved there. So oh, I, Nick, yeah, ball headed Nick, I remember. Yeah, they're yeah. good guys. They haven't changed, and uh, I worked with them a little bit. Um, I actually, my he's not really he's kind of the Fox soccer. He goes a little further back. On my my last podcast, I had Lionel Bienvenu, who did the English Premier League show on Fox Sports Net, and he wasn't a soccer mm. guy, but we had some good conversations about. What was it like doing this sport when no one knew anything about it? You're throwing games. It was like Brighton versus – it wasn't even Brighton. It was a Bradford City or Leicester City with Muzzy Is It. Manchester United and Arsenal were dominant. Uh, right. It was uh, it was cool to have that, those conversations. And I still talk to my boss from back then who uh, he's, he gives me great advice all the time. So that family <laughs> – and a lot of – I mean, the producer, Carlos Juarez, does all the UFC in Spanish, and I, he's, a, he's a good friend. Dude, I wept the day that channel left. Yeah, it was it was hemorrhaging a lot of money. I will tell you this yeah. though, it mm-hmm. was uh, I thought we were we were broadcasting to a minimal audience. I have discovered we, that was not the case. A lot of people come up and say, "Wow, that was a pretty important moment." That's when I became a fan. Yeah, uh, young people. Uh, that was like the first time I saw soccer because it wasn't really like that. So I take a lot of pride in that. It gets me very emotional too because I was genuinely surprised by the fact that people were watching. I would call a game and I thought I was broadcasting to an audience of zero. I go, no one's watching this. It's Aldax Italiano, Palestino, Chilean soccer on six o'clock on a Saturday. No one's paying attention. I could make fart noises and no one will know. <laughs> I, I was watching. 
I was in my forties. I was in my forties still, Max. I was watching. Uh, God bless you, there. God bless you, man. Well, back in the day when soccer wasn't very prevalent on TV, you take whatever you get. It was. Yes. Yeah, we, it was, you had to get a videotape prior to this, mm-hmm. and we had every league. We had every league because basically they gave it to you for free, and which is it, it cracks me up when I see two billion for the Premier League, <laughs> eight hundred million for La Liga, uh, five hundred whatever million for City. Uh, it's unbelievable. I think Nick Gieber had the radio rights to, for Premier League, and he had it for free for a year. Holy they just Jesus. gave it to him. This is nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Can you that's just unreal. Two billion dollars. So, let's get you out on this last question, which mm-hmm. is quite odd. Is Max a two planker? God, I don't know what the hell that. Oh, that means oh, a skier. Yeah. Skier. Yeah, <laughs> I was at Big Bear the other day. Yeah, so you're yeah. a skier, not a snowboarder. Um, I'm a skier. I'm not a hell raising skier. I enjoy there just for the tranquility and to clear my head. I was a terrible soccer player. I played rugby. I played for the Santa Monica Rugby Club, so that was my sport to play. I like to watch soccer. That's yeah. uh, I'll play. I, I when I run, I'm fit and uh, I uh, just no technical skills. But I usually can make. I'll be a useful player out there. But um, I'm just admire seeing people able to play and cut it and nutmeg and uh, change direction on a dime. That's but that's not me. But I do yeah. enjoy ski. I don't snowboard. I'm not. I'm very careful. I'm a blue and green trail guy. Maybe yeah. some blacks. Not no double blacks. Okay, I have no fucking clue what that means. But. <laughs> Max is always on the bunny hill. <laughs> That's it. Well, yeah, we're on the bunny. I always start on the bunny hill just to make sure the skis are catching. And then I I'll go on to the, the intermediate. It's the oddest thing. That's the only sport I never did, skiing. I didn't do it. I didn't there, do it when I was in my 30s. Okay. I did. I you're, like 40, you're like 40 minutes away from English. How have you not gone to Paoli? Where's English? Indiana. It's just, okay. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tall hill with a lot of artificial snow. And it melts and then freezes up overnight. But I, I, I snowboarded there a number of times. I grew up in Miami. When I saw these snow movies, I thought it was like some Pablo Escobar documentary. Man, I did. That's the only snow. We. That's the only thing we knew in Miami. It was like that was all. It was like this doesn't exist. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyhow, yeah. Didn't mean, to leave, didn't mean to leave it on that note, but no, it that's is really, okay. It's a great way to end it. So, if you watch any of our shows, the last five minutes are usually just total, totally us bullshit. Alexa, shut up! Shut up! I thought this was a regular. Go away, Alexa! At the end, we have Alexa come in and interrupt. Brett looks like he was just about to divorce Alexa. Oh, I don't right know there. what I said. What did I say that starts? I didn't say Alexa's name. No, it doesn't matter. Alexa does what Alexa does. Maybe she heard Pablo Escobar and that was it. <laughs> that could have been it. That could have been it. She's She needs some cocaine. Here's what I found All out right. on Google about snow. snow. <laughs> Max, I want to thank you for coming on. And we hope to do this again because there was like, you know, there's a lot more questions I had that I, I could ask. So. We'll do it. I don't know when we'll okay. do it. I genuinely enjoy this it's the i can't believe an hour has gone by mm-hmm. yes it is it's what i love to talk about it's what you guys love to talk about so we gotta if people want to listen to it then let's do it we're gonna keep doing it i mean yeah. so and your show's continuing to grow we've been around for seven or eight months and you know we're, we hopped right up the ladder which was nice because people remembered our stupid old faces and uh so hopefully you know that, that was that continues. was rather interesting to see how many people came through I'm like oh i remember you back eight years ago on big soccer i'm like really Big yeah, soccer, man, they should be a documentary on Big Soccer. <laughs> We've we tried. We, we tried, tried doing one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we'll I would like to read. I would like to read some of the the critiques <laughs> I had back in the day. And oh well, oh, brutal. They're all brutal for whoever. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. There was one that said <laughs> Red, Red Ross drinks goose shit 
by the bucket load. I'm like, I'll drink a little of it, but yeah. bucket loads? Hopefully, <laughs> shot by shot, guys. Come on. Hopefully, that wasn't Bill Archer, who we just had on the show. Um, I should have asked him about that. Ask but, him. Uh, I want to find out. Just, I just want to shake time. that person's hand because I thought it was very clever. <laughs> Yeah, we had Bill on. You should check that out if you haven't, because it's a, it is a trip down memory lane for us mm-hmm. and for him. But I want to let everybody else out there know, make sure you go watch the Soccer OG on YouTube. Make sure you get out there and do that. It's a fun fucking show. And it's like a one-man show, too. And um, it, it has detail, and then it has a lot of wisdom, because Mac's been around as long as I have. And we've seen a lot of shit. So watch Max Bredos on the soccer og and we will be back i'm sure down the line with more max for sure guys